Spirit Catholic Radio, KVSS, we are Catholic Radio for the Christian community. Good morning and welcome. You're tapped into Spirit Mornings with Bruce McGregor and... Chris McGregor. And Chris, it's time to get geeky again. Must be a Monday. We've got Mark Hart here with us, Vice President of Life Teen, author of three books, affectionately known as The Bible Geek, and that's what we have him here talking scripture. Of course, he reaches tens of thousands of people weekly and has spread the word emails as well. Mark, a resident of Phoenix, Arizona, with his lovely wife, Melanie, and their two beautiful daughters, Hope and Trinity. Mark, good morning and welcome again to the program. It's great to be back, you guys. How are you? We're doing great, and so many people from Omaha said they saw your appearance on television. They say, you know, he needs his own TV show. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't know. I, if, if that's ever, that's something the Lord wants to throw my way, I'll entertain it. But boy, I, I sure uh, that's sure a whole lot of work. I'm saying you've probably got enough with three or four plates right now. Huh? Yeah, you know, you remember that old? Remember the old Battle of the Network Stars? Remember that show? Yeah. Oh yes, they, I do. They'd spin those plates on the sticks. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like one of them. Oh. <laughs> well, it's okay. You know, we're not as stars. So we don't have to deal with all that pressure. I can't imagine why. I mean, I just walked into a, a local Catholic bookseller and saw on the shelves just volumes of the Theology of the Body for Teens. Woo-hoo. My gosh. And that's people great. were grabbing them off the shelf. It was just fantastic. Well, that's, that's great. So that, it's, it, you know, it has to get out there to our, to our, our young and our young at heart, the right. Pope. The Pope did not spend all those years <laughs> talking about sexuality just to have it uh, archived away in the Vatican site somewhere. It needs to be in people's hands. Absolutely. And by the way, when they were flying off the shelves, we made sure they paid for them, too. Yeah, Good. yeah. Good. We, we wouldn't <laughs> let them out the door. You know, you know the Bible is the most, the most uh, shoplifted book in the world. Really? That's a fact. Wow. Hmm. I know they take them out of, you know, hotel rooms and stuff like that. Yeah, I, actually, that is a fact, and I, I, I find that to be... Beautifully ironic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'd hate to have that happen. If somebody really needed one, you can come and ask me. I'll get you a Bible. There you go. Okay, everybody heard her. Chris said it. There I did, are. and I'm, I'm committed to that. I yeah. think it's one of the most important gifts you can pass on is the God's holy word to us. Absolutely. All right. Well, as long as we're on the topic of the Bible, Mark, and we're running down the month of December, which means the year is going to come to a close, how about if we talk about New Year's resolutions to read Scripture? And you've pointed out five tangible things that people can do to start reading the Bible. That'd be great. Well, let's go with it. Well, number one, and we were just discussing it about having a Bible, that's one of the most important gifts. We need to have a Bible we can write in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, I can't underscore that enough. It, it, you know, we all, a lot of us have a, a, a big Bible, a beautiful Bible, a decorative Bible, maybe something that was given to us at one point as a gift from a relative or an heirloom. But unless it's something lightweight, uh, easy to read, with good footnotes, with plenty of space in the margins, with, some, with, with pages that are thick enough that you can underline or highlight, um, that, that probably isn't going to be the right kind of Bible for study. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we're making New Year's resolution, that's what we want to do. Is we, want to be, we want to find a Bible that we can do personal study in, but not just... Um, not just search-and-destroy kind of study where I'm just trying to find this specific verse and this specific verse, but one that we can really sit down with in the morning in the morning with a cup of coffee, whether it's, you know, with family members, whether it's uh, to go through the readings, whatever it is. You know, every, everyone, for everyone, a different passage is going to hit them in a different way. Mm-hmm. And the beauty is that a passage might hit you one way one year, and then the following year, you know, this same time next year during Advent, you might say, oh my gosh, you know, that, that I just I have such a different understanding, such a different perspective on that verse now. So the first things first, I always say, is to have a Bible you really feel comfortable writing in. If you don't want to write in an heirloom family Bible, I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. Mm-hmm. Keep that one, you know, in, in prime shape to be able to pass along, but something you can write in. So that's number one. Number two, it's important to have 
a translation that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we have the New American Bible, which we read on Sundays at Mass. That, that's always nice because there's a consistency there. Uh, if you don't have a New American, um, the Revised Standard Version, not the New Revised Standard Version, not the NRSV, but the RSV Catholic Edition. Here, here. Our RSVs are the Protestant edition, but the RSV Catholic edition is a is a great translation. It's uh, it's really probably the closest to the accurate, like the, the most accurate translation. It's a little clunky sometimes than it's English because it's a translation, but it's probably the most accurate. It's a great translation. Um, you might find like the Ignatius Study Bible or something like that is the RSV Catholic edition. Um, and then beyond that, you know, uh, the Jerusalem Bible is a great is a great translation. It's it's easy to read. It's very reader friendly. But you want to make sure you have a Catholic edition again that you that you can write in. That's that's um, and that that you are comfortable with. A lot of times, the, some of the more pretty, you know, some of the prettier ones, the more decorative ones, it might not be a Catholic Bible. And someone might say, well, is that really that big a deal? Well, yeah, it is for two reasons. Number one, you want to have the fullness of Scripture, and the Catholic mm-hmm. Bible has all seventy three books. But secondly. It's important to have a Catholic Bible because because the introductions to the books and the footnotes are going to go a long way in further expounding and explaining our, our sacramental beliefs and our traditions. And Mark, you do have to be watchful when you're going out to buy a Bible and you see something that says with apocryphal books in it, because that's not necessarily a Catholic Bible. Correct. A lot of times, if the Bible actually says with the Apocrypha, what that means is that they've set, they've set those books apart um, in, a, in a lesser way. Oh, we're, we're including these, by the way, you know, wink, wink, with a star. But when, mm-hmm. usually when, it's, when it stipulates with the Apocrypha, what, what, what the publisher is really saying is, is that we believe our Bible's here. It's, this, is our, this is our Bible of 66 books plus these other ones. Yeah, we're putting them in there for your benefit. When the reality is, is that we have to remember as Catholics that our book, that our Bible has seventy-three books, and that's the way it stood for sixteen hundred, well, for thirteen hundred years, but specifically for sixteen hundred years from the beginning of the Church. Yeah, and their placement in the proper form of, say, like the Old Testament, because that's where those books are going to appear. You you want to have them in, you know, if you have a book on the prophets or you have a book on the Song of Psalms, a Solomon, and I mean, you know, you just want them all in that same category. You don't want them off on some side area. Correct. Absolutely correct. So that's number two. I'd say number three, you know, honestly, it's going to take sitting down with your weekly schedule, but that means you have to go into, if you do your schedule through Outlook, you know, or some computer program, if it means you just have a, you have a, a you know, something you keep in your purse or in your car or on your desk, at your calendar, you have to take your schedule and sit down just some Sunday, you know, clear and out of your schedule, sit down with your schedule and look at the course of your week. And you have to be willing to put in on a daily basis or an every other day basis, you need to be putting in, in, in your schedule, a good 15 or 20 minutes at least to read, mm-hmm. to study. And this is something that, that is so essential. I mean, it sounds like one of those, oh, yeah, no-brainer things, but this is where we go wrong a lot of the time. We say, I'm going to do it, but we don't do it. Or, or it's like working out. You know, if you haven't worked out in three years, you go to the gym for an hour, you're in so much pain when you finish, you don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Yeah, we shouldn't try and jump in for an hour. I mean, if, if you're not used to doing that, if not, I mean, you, you, you'd be better off really studying for 10 minutes and then really meditating on it for 10 minutes. And then what you'll probably find is, is that you keep going back to it over the course of the day, and you probably end up meditating it for more than an hour. Right. But an hour in one sitting is probably going to is probably going to fatigue you, especially if you're not used to it. So I think it's important. What I usually do is I um I have it built in every morning. You know, and this is something I built up to. I didn't start this way, but I built up every morning where um, I do not leave the house until I've had my prayer time. And if that means something else has to get sacrificed, or that means doing a load of laundry, emptying the, the dishwasher, you know, I mean, whatever, breakfast, I, I make sure that I, I spend some time in prayer. And I usually spend it on the daily readings. 
mm. when I wake up. Perfect. And then uh, I usually, then I also have in my schedule, and this is again something I've built up to, but, but I have in my schedule where I always make sure that about 20 minutes during the course of the day, um, I'm doing some just private study, whatever I work. I usually, I usually personally work through one gospel at a time. I just keep working through the gospels. Um, and then it's great. I mean, between like the podcasts um, that, that I've mentioned before on the show, the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday podcasts that are free, that'll help you prepare for your Sunday readings. Between that, um, other, other, you know, ancillary texts people might read, that kind of thing. Other, you know, there's great books that, that explain different books of the Bible, and you can work through a book at a time on your own. But usually I'd like to say if, if, you're, if you're starting every morning with at least 10 or 15 minutes, um, and that's a good time if you, have, if you have some kind of like a little devotional Bible, that that's, sometimes that's good reading. But what's important is to build up to, to work to, you know, maybe you have four days a week where you start with 15 minutes a day. And then within a couple months, maybe you're up to about 30 minutes a day four times a week. And before you know it, it's going to become so second nature that you're going to be seeking it. But you have to slowly build up to it. A fourth step, which, what's really, really um, important is to have something you can write on. And that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go journal everything all the time, mm-hmm. but that you, you keep a small, like, steno pad or something, you know, that's about the same size as your Bible. Keep it next to your Bible at all times. If you put it in your bag, if you're going on a trip, if you're going on a plane, if you just are, are going to have some downtime somewhere, you know, whether you're sitting in the DMV, you know, getting license plate tags, or whether you're going to be, you know, waiting for someone, who, who knows where you're going to end up, you know, you're mm-hmm. stopping by church, have a pad you can write on. Because normally if you start working through any of the books, specifically a gospel, and you're reading through something, one of two things is going to happen. A passage is going to hit you, and it's going to speak to you in such a profound way that you're going to seek to go back to it at some point. And you can underline it and that kind of thing, but, but to have a pad and be able to say, you know, to be able to remind yourself of how you're feeling, you might be led to journal. Right. It's a beautiful form of prayer. But at the very, very least, it might hit you in a second way, and that is you're going to read something and say, wow, so-and-so, uh, Sue really needs to hear this. Tom really needs to hear this, or whatever. Someone in your life, you're gonna, whether it's it's something for someone who just lost a loved one, someone who's going through a hard time, um, you know, just maybe something. A verse strikes you, and it's just a verse that you want to tell somebody, "Hey, I love you. Hey, thank you. You know, thank you for the example you are in my life. It could be a real positive, but something you're going to want to be able to get back to in short order. And if you if you're writing those down and you're making those associations, not only are you going to share scripture with others, which is what it was intended to be, was shared. But you're also going to have easy access and quick reference, and you're going to start to learn how to navigate through Scripture better. You're going to remember where those verses are, and without even realizing it, you're going to start to commit those to memory, because they're going to speak to you. And there's nothing, then nothing's going to help you learn Scripture like writing it in your own hand. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, the last tip, and this is, this is one that's often overlooked, is uh, have a catechism. Yes. And the new, the new compendium is great. You know, the, the, the new catechism for adults is wonderful. Um, I, I, can't, I can't strongly enough recommend the compendium. It's, it's really easy to get through. But it's really, really great when you have a scripture, when, when you're going through scripture verses and that kind of thing. We, we, usually, we usually use the catechism where if we're reading through it to, to defend a, a tenet of the faith or to, to learn about the tenet of the faith, and we then see a cross-reference for scripture, very rarely do we look it up. Right. Very, very rarely. But we, we usually don't use it the other way. We usually don't go through Scripture verses and then go into the catechism and see if that cross-reference exists anywhere. Yeah. You know, to, to see what... And, and oftentimes, that, that can be some of the most profound, the most profound, some of the most enlightening moments, is if you read through... When you're reading through a Scripture verse, for instance, and say, you know, you're in... Say you're in Matthew, you know, whatever, you're in uh, Matthew chapter 8, and as you're going through and, and, you, and you're reading about the healing of the centurion's son, and before you know it, you know, if you were to go in and, and look through the catechism where it's cross-referenced, and all of a sudden you realize, well, that's, that's where the prayer comes from in Mass. Mm-hmm. You know, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, but only say the word. And, when you, and when, you, when you go that way, when you go from the Scripture, from the Word of God, and then you have your eyes open to what the Church teaches, 
you know, it's it's really kind of powerful. It's 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 really a beautiful it's a beautiful moment because it really validates everything that you're reading. So to have a, to have a text like the Catechism, Catechism, my first my my you know my first admonition. But but like I said, other there's other texts out there. There's other there's other things out there that you can pick up at Catholic bookstores. It'll help you. You know, it might be an introduction to each book of the Bible. There's a great one by Peter Kraft. Mm-hmm. In college, it, it says you can understand the Bible. It's a it's a wonderful book. He's a brilliant philosopher, a brilliant theologian. One of the one of the, uh, in my opinion, one of the one of the best writers and one of the most brilliant Catholic minds of this century. And um, it, and if you've never seen it before, his last name is you know Kraft K R E E F T. It's called You Can Understand the Bible. It's a great book to have with you. So before you go charging into the Book of Romans, for instance, the Book of Thessalonians, or one of the Gospels, to take two or three minutes and read the pages and and extrapolate from that book, it, it'll really put in very plain, easy to understand language. Here's what this book is talking about. Here's what it's trying to get across. And it and it can turn anybody, any Bible beginner, into a Bible authority within just a few days. You know, Mark, there are a lot of parents out there that are listening to you and thinking, this is great. I want to get this started. I'm going to start the new year, and I'm really going to make that a priority. And they look at their teenagers, and they think, how can I possibly get them charged up and excited about this? Well, honestly, um, <laughs> it's funny you said that, Chris. Oh, how about that? Uh, that's exactly why, uh, that's actually why um, I, 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 we put together T3, the teen timeline. Um, mm-hmm. well, like we've talked about this many times on the show before. Um, and Jeff Cavins is, is probably one of the foremost Bible theologians in our church today. Um, many are familiar with his work. Many are familiar with his Great Adventure Bible study. Um, years ago, I began doing that, uh, a variation of that study with, with young people. And then uh, also, I, as I started to do with young people, I had more and more parents saying, can I sit in too? I, I want to learn this too. Um, and it's been astounding. I'd say these days, I have as many adults as I do teenagers going through the course when I do it. Um, wow. Several of them are parents that are just looking for, hey, I'm hungry, and I want to learn. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's pretty easy. It's available, uh, it, the T3 is available on our website, lifeteen.com. Uh, it's available on uh, thebibletimeline.com. It's available through Ascension Press. It's available on Amazon. You can pretty much get it any, anywhere. Any Catholic bookstore might, might have a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, if you were to get the DVDs and the study kit, uh, it only goes at just over four hours. It's eight separate half-hour segments. And basically what it does is it gives you an overview of Scripture from beginning to end. Um, but it's interactive in the way we go about it, and it's story-driven. So it's it's I we tried to I try to design it in such a way where you if you can remember the stories, you'll remember the big story of salvation history and how all the covenants and how all the people everybody goes together. And what's beautiful is that it really helps you to to mentally organize scripture in your head. So um, what I usually say to the teens nowadays is it's kind of like when you when you are in your iTunes folder and you take all your songs and you put them into playlists mm-hmm. and manage them more effectively. For people of, of your and my generation, I usually say it's kind of like the old Dewey Decimal System or the card catalog. You're really dating me there, Mark. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> remember, 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 though, when you said papers, I used, to, I used to say to the teens, I'm like, no, you don't understand what a card catalog is, but let me explain uh, it to you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Decimal is, but let me explain it to you. And whenever we think about that, I always think of that, that cabinet, and you know, you, draw, you pull a drawer out, there's a wealth of knowledge. Well, really what it does, T3 does, is it takes the Bible and it puts it into a framework like that. So, for instance, when you're sitting at Mass, and someone gets up during Advent or during you know you know during Lent or something. But when someone stands up and says the prophet Isaiah, you can immediately mentally go to the time period it's happening in. You know the context of what's happening. You know where they are in the world, what's going on politically, what's going on you know uh, spiritually in that region, mm-hmm. and what the purposes of a prophet and when who Isaiah is, and you know all those things so that when you start hearing it, you automatically have a context. And it's amazing how 
how beautifully it brings the words to life when you understand the big picture. That's so important, and it really is the ultimate gift you can give to your family for Christmas that celebrates the nativity of our Lord, and it is the gift of time in the family to actually sit down and to share Scripture together. That's so much more than just a PlayStation 3. It, it honestly, it absolutely is, and it's that has been. I have to I have to be honest with you. That's probably been the greatest gift that I've received from people that have come up and said, you know, especially, um, and it's happened a lot lately. I guess T3 is really getting out there. Apparently, um, I, I've had so many parents um, come up and just thank me and say thanks. Not thanks to me, not like I did sure. great, yeah. but just saying thanks for taking the time to do it because they are hungry. Mm-hmm. They want to give their. They want to give their 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 teens a gift that's going to that's gonna last them a lifetime, not just going to last them a year or two, you know, and like in a video game system. Not that that stuff's bad, but, mm-hmm. but you know, what they've really appreciated is, is that it's given them a, a starting point and a jumping off point, and they've sat and watched it together. And um, what's been really nice is, is, is for me to hear that from parents and to hear that teens were willing to sit down, like that, that the teens were engaged enough, entertained enough by the DVDs. Because sure. um, we, we did it live. We brought teens in studio when I did it. And um, and I did that on purpose. You know, it's 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 different when you do it live, especially when you do it. I, I actually had them bring in teens that didn't want to be there, mm-hmm. <laughs> like confirmation class teens, kind of. You know, sure. and um, it was it was great in that way because uh, I had several parents say, you know, it was great because my teen actually wanted to watch it. After we watched the first couple, they wanted to see how it turned out, how the rest turned out, and and um, they said it was just so nice to be able to have that conversation. And they found themselves talking about it after, and and, and uh, it really seems like for a lot of them. That was the that was the first time that week or in several months they'd actually sat down and done something together, that wasn't just a task around the house. Sure, beautiful. Hey, I have to ask you this, and I don't mean to ambush you, okay? But I know that there are parents, grandparents, you know, uh, godparents who want to give teenagers a good Bible. Now you talked about the different translations, but are there any out there that you would recommend that contain the scriptures, but also have all those wonderful references and different things that can really speak to teenagers? You know what? That's that's sort of a loaded question. I'm probably going to upset anybody who works for publishing companies when I say this, but um, I have to be honest. Most of the Catholic youth Bibles that I've encountered mm-hmm. are um, they're written by people who obviously do not spend any time with teenagers. Right. Yep. That's the simplest way I can put it. And you know, and let let the emails get upset with me from there. Um, most of the ones I flip through. Uh, what they think are graphics that are appealing to teens, what they think is language that's cool for teens, um, the layout, I mean, even all the way down to the examples, mm-hmm. are oftentimes so campy right. and um, and so kitsch that, honestly, what they think what they think is going to appeal to an 11th grader, I would probably show more to a 5th grader. Right. Um, so as far as most of the youth Bibles go, I have to say I'm unimpressed. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be a couple out there that I haven't seen, but I've seen most of them. I, I, I end up at a lot of conferences and places with a lot of tables. Um, I will say that I, I, don't, I think when it comes to this kind of thing, we, uh, we can expect a lot out of our teens. Um, right. I think there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a great gift in, the consist- in giving them the consistency of the New American, because that is what they hear at church. Yep. Right. And I think if you were to give them a New American student Bible, mm-hmm. um, that, that's a great gift. I agree 100%. I would, I would yeah. personally say get that for them. And, then, um, and if people want, they can go on thelifeteam.com. They can check out our store. And we have, um, a, we have some different books in there that will help teens unpack Scripture more, um, whether that's one of, the, one of the Bible Geek books or, or some of the ones we're carrying from a couple of the other publishers. You know, anything that ends up in the store, I've pretty much very carefully handpicked from other places. Yeah, and we're talking about teens. We're not talking about junior high kids. Exactly. So the well, thing I is, say teens. I mean, ju- I mean high school. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. the thing is, you're gonna if you're looking for a teenager, respect where they're at and and get them a, a decent 
you know, the kind that you would want to own. We can't forget we only have one chance. Right. When you have a teenager, yep. you have one chance to make a first impression, one. And if they open it up and they feel like it's condescending or it does not speak to where they really are, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a second shot with them. That's right. They're not going to look again. And that, that that's just, I'm saying that from however many, I don't even remember how many, it's probably 15, 17 years now of, of doing, you know, youth ministry. Yep. Well, that's good advice. I don't think that was anything risky. Because no. there, there's a difference between, again, I will say it one more time, uh, between a kid Bible, something geared towards a junior high group, and that maturing young adult, you know, who's the teenager. And, it, it, and what's, only, what's only a couple years in school is so much greater in life, in life experience. Just, I can't even, I teach junior high every week. Um, I am with high school teens every week, and I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm with different college students at least, you know, every other week, usually every week. And, mm-hmm. and um, literally in that three years here and the four years there, there's, you know, once you get into the, your adult years, there's five and ten. It's almost like dog years. It's, yeah. just, it's, it's astounding <laughs> how much different they are. Dog years, I like it. Well, Mark, thanks so much. I mean, we appreciate it. Uh, I realize it's still a few weeks until the new year, but I'm a big advocate of making those resolutions well in advance so you're really ramped up to keep them. And I uh, can't think of a better resolution to have heading into 2007 than to put Scripture right in the middle of your life every day. Well, I just want to—I want to thank you uh, for the opportunity. This is obviously something I'm passionate about. And I just want to—I just want to affirm anybody. And you know what? Just please remember, any brothers and sisters listening, you are never, ever too old to start reading Scripture. Amen. That's ever. right. And I can even read those large print ones, which makes it really nice and easy. <laughs> so. As long as you have your reading glasses. Yeah, so well, that's true. All right, Mark, God bless. Thanks so much. We we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. I can't wait.